0: Hey, what's happening lovely listeners? Welcome back to Into Deep. I'm your host, as always, Jack Rowland. My guest today is Sydney-based artist and muralist, Scott Marsh. Scott is no stranger to controversy, with his politically charged satirical murals frequently turning heads, making headlines and going viral. His work regularly takes aim at Australian politicians, sheds light on social issues and injustices, and is delivered with humour and painted with skill. His work is great, always on point, hilarious and fearless. Alright, please welcome to the show, Scott Marsh.
1: Is there a point to
0: all this? I think we're getting in too deep.
1: You don't apply. Bad luck. I have one speed, I have one gear. Go, 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 go. I'll tell you when we're getting in too deep, too deep, too deep.
0: Marsh how are you doing, brother? Good, bro. Good. Cool. Thank man, thanks for thanks for doing this. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, yeah.
1: We've been trying to tee it up for a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, what brings you down to Melbourne? Um, just down here for something with the missus and you know, yep. catch up with some friends, that kind of shit. Yeah, cool. You um, come you come down here a fair bit, it seems. Um yeah, I travel just interstate in general a yeah. fair bit. Yeah, um, yeah, for little right. commissions and bits and bobs. Yeah, um, right. And then yeah, down there for that and then tacking this in and actually went and looked at KSR Gallery oh I'm sick of good maybe space doing something there later in the year yeah, yeah it's beautiful with the bluestone and stuff there And um, yeah, yeah it's cool actually and right in the thicker things yeah like I yeah. don't realise how much it's in the city
0: that's what you want you want those corporates yeah, looking at your work sweet, don't you? sweet corporate dollars sweet sweet <laughs> corporates <laughs>
1: <laughs> totally um, <laughs> man how long have you been painting for um, I don't know it's like forever just because you know like you paint as a kid and then I kind of fell into graffiti pretty young when I was like 11 or 12 years old and then Mm. that's kind of kept me painting, painting, painting and then that's kind of evolved into what I'm doing now kind of naturally and slowly over that, you know, the course of decades. So yeah, always, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like in terms of like as an art practice and and doing it full-time kind of thing, I guess since probably around 2012, Mm. 2010 was when I kind of made that, movement from graffiti more into like an art practice. Yeah, same, without yeah. the graffiti part. But yeah, that's yeah. pretty much about <laughs> the same
0: I think because I've been calling myself a professional artist. But um, yeah, so you mentioned like graffiti origins. I guess it was kind of a lot of it was letter work and just kind of,
1: getting up and things yeah just painting trains and doing Sick. all the fucking red hot stuff that you yeah. do yeah and nice I'm living that lifestyle for a while which is yeah. a lot of fun fuck yeah i'm sure you got plenty <laughs> of stories eh? yeah everyone does
0: <laughs> yeah totally um and at what point did uh, you at what point did you start making your work a lot more political because um, i mean that's probably most of the work that i've started recognizing yeah. you for
1: i think most people as well is mm. the same um to the I guess the the piece that kind of changed it all was like previous to this I was painting similar to the floral works I'm doing now mm, I did another beautiful. body of work thanks man mm. um, did another body of work of on the female nude I was painting some train fronts and stuff I was kind of in that weird period where you like trying to figure out what you want to paint and like find your voice I guess as an artist yeah um, and then lush lush sucks mm-hmm. from um, from Melbourne he was a mate of mine through graffiti. He had just painted that Kim Kardashian mural, which I think was his kind of first viral piece of shenanigans. I remember the one. Yeah, and um, he hit me up for a wall in Sydney to do another one. Um, So he come down, crashed with me, did a Kim. I did some floral piece um, at the other end of the wall. It ended up being like a vacant space in the middle and he was just kind of jeeing me up to paint something to go with the Kim Kardashian. Um, And I painted the Kanye kissing Kanye Oh right, yeah. Mural? Yeah, yeah. yeah, which went like crazy, crazy viral. Like I wouldn't have kind of picked that, but anyway, it was a bit of a shitstorm. How, how was how was that? that happened? <laughs> Man, it was crazy Because cool. I was like not used to that kind of stuff at mm. all at that point. Mm. Um and it was just, like, in a back alley in, like, local neighborhood, whatever. And then there was, like, a queue of people taking selfies with it around oh, the shit. clock. Like, <laughs> it was fucking psycho. Oh, I, I was getting, like, media requests from, like, Kenyan local radio and, like, really? just, like, the weirdest shit, you know. Wow, no shit. Um, and, yeah, after that, um, that kind of changed the way I thought about painting murals, you know, because... When I when I painted that, I was like, "Oh, it's a bit fucking corny. It's a bit naff." But Lush was kind of pushing me to do it, so I was like, "Yeah, whatever. I'll just do it." And um, I guess getting a response like that, it, it kind of got me thinking, you know, or oh, maybe I can paint naff stuff like this. You kind of, you know, when you paint, you put yourself in these weird lanes, like you're trying to, mm. especially when in the beginning, you're trying to almost emulate people that you do you like their style or the, or the I guess their career. And you try and take yourself a little bit too seriously, I think. And that wasn't my personality either. So I guess that kind of opened me up to being silly Mm. and just doing funny stuff.
0: Well, yeah, probably also connecting with the authenticity of actually just like pointing out the absurdities of uh, pop culture, politics, just the kind of world around us. And um, yeah, I suppose that's also uh, a lot of what Lush uh, gets. Yeah, um, exactly. People responding to to him. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, comedy and authenticity is, is like... People crave it. Yeah. And Mm. so
1: that piece kind of changed how I thought about things. And then around that same time, they had the lockout laws in Sydney. Right. Oh, yeah. No nightclubs. Yeah. It was like they, yeah, bars, I can't even remember all the stupid rules, but it was like if you're at a pub at midnight, you couldn't leave because if you left, you weren't allowed back in. Mm. Um, So you couldn't go move from venues after midnight. So everything basically died. You couldn't eat. Uh, so all food places had to close at one thirty or something. So low no, no late night kebabs or anything. Yeah. They just killed Sydney, basically. And so, like, at that that's stage... Cra-
0: it's crazy that... I, forgot, I completely forgot about oh, it was that. Fucking, it's fucking crazy that The that whole happened. city
1: just died. Like, King's Cross... I lived in King's Cross when I was at art school. Mm. Like, a couple of buildings behind the Coke sign. And um, that's when it was kind of like King's Cross. Mm. And it just killed King's Cross. Like, mm. everything died. So... Yeah, Sydney's still kind of recovering Far out. from that period. But I had a lot of friends that were, you know, bartenders, DJs, fucking strippers, like mm. just people that w- lived in that nightlife economy. Um, and they were all losing their jobs. And then there was a few marches and protests about it. Um, and... In the city, the casino was the only area which was allowed to be open, which was funny because it was right in the middle of an an island in the exclusion zone. (laughs) Um, And so the premier at the time, Mike Baird, got like the nickname Casino Mike. So I painted this piece of him like at a casino table with the chips and all the different stuff. And that was kind of my first, I guess, political satirical work. Mm, mm. Um, And that was right after the Kanye piece. And then... When I painted it, I got a lot of attention again, especially in New South Wales, and I was getting asked to go on radio and talk about it and stuff. I was like, fuck, I better research this guy because I don't, <laughs> I don't give it, to that point, I don't give a fuck about politics. Like, right. I care about painting fucking trains and that's about it. Like, yep. I was a pretty, pretty, mm. uh, like, just graffiti focused kind of dude. Mm. Um, so I was like, I better look into this guy and actually, like, figure out some shit about him. Otherwise, I'm going to look like a fucking idiot. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, hang on. This was like the third shittest thing that he's done. Like, and that kind of got me, I guess, engaged a bit more in politics and like looking into other politicians and mm. policies and stuff like that. And that's really what kind of started it was that piece, I think.
0: Yeah, right, right, right. It's uh, it's i um, always love it when an art practice can actually take you on a journey into learning and yeah. discovering certain you know uh, topics. It's like I think that's when you know that you're onto something good because it's actually just sparking, like, invigorating your brain to just like take in more stuff, not just yeah. not just regurgitate pictures.
1: Yeah, it just got me more engaged in, I guess, the political process and mm. giving yeah. a shit about stuff because, you know, when things are pretty good and you run around doing stupid shit and mm. – you're pretty carefree you don't give a fuck about politics or anything else
0: right yeah Yeah. i know i'm pretty uninformed to be honest (laughs) but in australian politics i'm just addicted to american politics because it's like reality tv man it's crazy yeah yeah totally um i was curious with uh you know i mean so so many of the works that you do are very controversial um even even the imagery is pretty controversial there was like one with uh you know various i think scott morrison and various politicians all smoking crack pipes and stuff oh, yeah, yeah. and it was, it was really big like how do you go about sourcing walls for stuff that's um re- like super controversial because i'm sure the, the graph the grapher and you were just like fuck it let's just paint but at the same yeah. time you, you, your works are pretty detailed like you can't just smash that in a night can you
1: yeah that's all it's all different ways like in the beginning i was really fortunate that I had a good friend who was a publican and he had a lot of venues um, with massive walls on the back of the pub or something and he didn't give a shit. Like, he was just like, paint where the fuck you want. Mm. If um, if there's a controversy, you know, we just say it's Scott's Wall, he does whatever fuck he wants, you yeah. know? Um, and he reaped the rewards from that because it really kind of put a lot of his venues, gave them a hell of a lot of press and they almost became like martyrs of their communities because they got all this backlash from different communities and stuff like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, then I had those walls, but then I guess it's that's the hardest part of the whole process is finding walls, really. I, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah like the, that one with the crack pipes, for example, that was just part of that Wonder Walls mural festival. Right. Um, and Vanzi, the guy who organizes that, he's like... Because I never get invited to those things, because councils are, they're scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because he was organised, he's like, bro, just paint whatever you want. You know, I'm not going to ask any questions, and I'll just say I didn't know what you're painting or whatever. Mm. So I painted that. Um, It just happened by chance. I didn't know where the wall was. I just knew I had a wall in Adelaide, in Port Adelaide. Sorry, that it was in a really kind of like cracky area. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it was literally <laughs> across the road from a crack house. Mm. That got raided. That had raided by undercover police the morning I started painting. Really? Yeah, there was unjis <laughs> driving around. I was like, "Are they fucking here because and graffiti?" <laughs> like I was just feeling real sus, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then they fucking raided the house next door. Some cunt legged it out the back. I was like, "Jesus Christ!" It was like the cracky mural and the cracky house. <laughs> it was perfect. That's awesome. Um, uh, so that that's how I got that wall. But I've kind of I more recently started painting these murals on canvas and mm. then kind of turning them into this kind of... figuring out a way of doing them as paste-ups, basically. Right, right, Where I paint some elements on the wall. I paint hand-paint some elements on the paper that I'm pasting up and I kind of put it together to try and make it look as much like a mural. But I can do it illegally because mm. um, it's kind of takes me you know, 15, 20 minutes. Um, and I can be much more of a smart-ass because location, I think, with these murals... Um, gives it so much more context. Totally, totally. Yeah. So like, for example, during the same-sex marriage plebiscite, I was looking for a wall in Tony Abbott's electorate for fucking months, basically. I just couldn't get one. And so I ended up painting murals about him, but in like Redfern and like areas where I lived in where I could get walls. <clears throat> um And that was where I was like, I need to figure out a way of creating these murals, mm-hmm. like illegally. So, I paint them on can, I paint in layers, and like the final layers is like black and white, and then a few little extra details. And so, I'll paint all the layers up until that point. I'll image the work, I'll print it large format on the paper, and then I basically, I've got high ceilings in my studio. So, I stick it up, hand paint the black, the white, some other finer details. Um, and then when I go to the wall, I'll paint in the background and then I'll stick it on top of the background and Then I'll do some extra deep You know what I mean? You kind mm, of put yeah. some paint on it and it kind of sits in the wall and doesn't look so much like a paste up. Yeah, that's so, great. Yeah, I've done a few like that. And it's more fun for me because like coming from that graffiti train background, like organizing a mission or an action is just kind of like half the fun of it. Mm. And so this gives me a little bit of that. Yeah, You know, like um, I painted one piece of... It was Anthony Fauci and Xi Jinping as yeah. Batman and Robin, <laughs> and I was across the road from the Chinese embassy. Genius. <laughs> <laughs> and so I did that at like three in the morning or something, and had to check the area and I parked like a van to block us from the cameras on the thing. Like it was a whole, yeah, a whole thing. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And when you pull it off, you are just like fuckin' you and then an hour later, like some kind of rip their faces off. But <laughs> oh, really? Only <laughs> yeah. at, like that- lasted. I think we did it at like four thirty a.m. and then it was done by like seven or something
0: wow yeah I, I was gonna ask you about that piece in particular i mean yeah you really have yeah upped the art by making the context of it so much more powerful by doing that it's yeah. uh, like right next to the chinese embassy uh, i mean that's guaranteed to yeah just have much more effect get much more um publicity as well yeah it and, just gives um, it more
1: context you know? Does it you could just put it in marrickville or something it doesn't really make it's, it's still a Cool mural or whatever, but mm. if you stick it there, it's a lot more impactful. Yeah. Did like that- I did Barnaby, I did a mural of Barnaby Joyce sucking on Gina Reinhardt's titty <laughs> and she's wearing Homer Mother's Simpson's moo moo. I was like, the detail I heaps of people miss. I'm like, that's my favorite part. She's wearing Homer's moo I actually didn't, I didn't <laughs> notice that bit either. Um, but that was in Armadale in his electric, you know, and like they don't really get stuff like that in Armadale. So yeah. that caused a bit of a razzle up. Yeah, that was yeah, the same yeah. kind of process, it was paste up mural. Some hand painted elements on the wall and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, wow. Wow. I mean another one that just like this has got to be probably the the top is the George Pell one, like within eyeshot
1: of the Vatican. Yeah, exactly. So you, that you, was pa- actually the first one of these pace up right. works I'd done. So that yeah. was like
0: George Pell being handcuffed on his knees with the devil behind him. Yeah in his prison greens. Uh, what what kind of what kind of response did that piece get? Well, it's I mean, funny, in, I actually paint.
1: I actually created it across the road from St. Mary's Cathedral in Sydney mm. um, and then within a week the church had it painted over and it had, a, had a bit of a whinge about it and I was like, ah, fuck these cunts. I was like, I'll just go to Rome and do it opposite the Vatican. <laughs> Did you go specifically for that purpose? Yeah, yeah I really? literally just flew over there. I got a lot of friends around the world f- through graffiti so I got a lot mm. of friends in Italy. So I went and stayed with a mate in Rome, he helped me. Kind of stick it up and stuff, found a good spot. It was actually across the road from the Carabinieri, like massive super police station, but it was on a weird angle where they, like you can look around the wall and you see yeah, right. a million cops, but they can't see you, if yeah. that makes sense. But um, when we're, <laughs> when we're sticking up, we're just doing it in the daytime and um, all these Italians would walk past and they're like yelling at us like, boppity boppity, boppity whatever <laughs> the fuck they're saying. And then um, my mate here, I'm like, I'm like, what are they saying, bro? I think we have got to go away eh? because they're blowing up. And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, they say it's true, it's true. Yeah, yeah, right. right. So like, the response to it from punters on the street, which is always the best measure, mm. was all super positive, and it was there for a good month until a German news outlet did a story on it, and then it like vanished straight away.
0: Right, right. Yeah. What was the? Was there much of a media
1: kind of storm in around Australia? That? There was a little bit. Mm. I think SBS and ABC and a few other outlets did a little story on it, but um, not yeah, so not in not so much in Europe until this German mm. guy picked it up, just journalist in Germany.
0: Wow, I guess everyone's just like, yeah, totally. <laughs> <That> is, <laughs> yeah. no one was like, well, I know, like I know a lot of
1: people in Italy, right? I travel to Italy a lot, and mm. um, they all fucking hate the church because it's just got such a long history and being tangled up with the mafia and all kinds of stuff there. That right. it's just like this overseeing authoritarian force kind of thing. Yeah. Know, that's the vibe I get.
0: Yeah, totally, totally. Um, <clears throat> I'd love to kind of move into your much more recent project that has um, been a much larger scope uh, compared, well, as far as I could tell compared to a lot yeah. of other projects you've done. Um, that is, I mean, you've, you've started a podcast called A Symbol of Rebellion. You've been doing a series of murals <laughs> about um, people who have been – uh, injured from the vaccine, the mRNA uh, vaccine yeah. uh, for myocarditis and pericarditis. Um, and, yeah, I'm sure all the things that have followed uh, from being public about that, I'm yeah. sure you've uh, copped a lot of uh, heated opinions. Yeah. Um, yeah, when when did this uh, project start and what was your personal connection to the subject?
1: Um so I'll go back, back, I guess, to when COVID and stuff was happening. Mm. Like, I was kind of back and forthing about getting the vaccine. You know, you're like, oh, I'll get it, but it's a bit quick. Oh, is it safe? Blah, blah, blah. Eventually, I ended up um, getting it. I also painted a mural. It was a commission with the guys at Hawke's Brewery kind of saying, you know, get vaccinated so we can open the fucking pubs up, basically, was the, the gist of it. Um and then yeah, Bob, I, Bob Hawk right get yeah yeah, so yeah get
0: the jab so we can all go back to the pub
1: or something yeah that all was right. essentially it mm. um which I copped heaps of shit for that as well um but I you know I'd just taken the jab at that stage I was like oh, fuck whatever like, yeah. everyone's taking it and I want all the fucking pubs open so mm-hmm. that's literally the reason I took it was so I could go to the pub <laughs> <laughs> that was like the last bit but um anyway probably a week after I painted that mural I started getting symptoms of pericarditis and heart problems and stuff like that um, i went to emergency they told me nothing was wrong with me so for a month a couple of months i kind of just carried on with life chest pain all the time thought it was my rear you know you just kind of go through trying to figure out what it is yourself cuz the doctors say you testify and you look you look fine which is the experience of everybody it's these things aren't showing up on the traditional testing i think cuz they're being caused by a different me- mechanism um they don't really understand it properly yet um so anyway i went through that it got i got covid which added they got worse and then i got covid again and it got much much worse um and so it was kind of this mixture of long covid and vaccine injury stuff and by that stage i got the pre- diagnosis um i was in really 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 bad shape in probably the middle of last year um how how bad Um, I went into Atrial fibrillation Which is like Your heart stops beating Half of it essentially Starts quivering And the other half Is trying to match That quiver Um, So it feels like a chipmunks running around your chest, basically, and your heart rate's going like one eight, one eighty down to sixty, up to one twenty. Like your heart's just fucking out, basically.
0: And you're conscious and awake. During yeah, I'm all just this. like, Whoa.
1: and by that stage, I'd had so many chest. You got chest pains. You get weird palpitations. Your heart's just doing weird shit all the time, mm. and you almost get used to it after you know six months of that. You are just like, fucking, what's going on? You know, you you you're just defeated. <laughs> mm. Like I just felt so like. You're not getting any answers from medical, like from the doctors or the medical community. You're being told you're full of shit from everyone in the media and everything else. You're not allowed to talk about. It. You just feel it really was like the the worst period of my life. Mm. But I ended up in hospital with that. They had to put me asleep eventually and electrocute my heart back into sinus rhythm, which was pretty gnarly and scary. Um, and then I, for you know, probably three to six months, I couldn't stand up for more than five minutes without getting insane heart palpitations. Three to six months. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't walk 100 meters without getting like crazy palpitations. Like it feels like you're getting struck by electricity. It goes through your whole body and you're just like, uh, you think you're about to die basically. Um, I had all kinds of food intolerances that would set those symptoms off. Um, Activity would set those symptoms off. So that was like the standing up um, Mm. and walking and, and doing whatever. Even things like... Stimulus like listening to loud music or thinking too much. It sounds Mm. silly, but that would set things off as well. Um, And then that whole period, I didn't know whether I was going to live or die, to be honest with you. It was pretty fucking traumatic. Um, Eventually, I went to Queensland and got this hyperbaric oxygen therapy, which is the best thing. I think that saved my life. What's that? You basically sit in a hyperbaric chamber. What's the hyperbaric chamber? It's like a chamber they use traditionally i think for scuba divers when they get the bends ah, right. so it puts you under pressure right um and so they put you under pressure um and while you're under pressure you breathe pure oxygen and it basically rams all that oxygen into your cells and mm. has a massive anti-inflammatory effect and heals all your tissues and then they do a trick where they take the oxygen away and give it back and it makes your body produce heaps of stem cells and heals brain inj- heals everything Mm. It's even if you're healthy, I think everyone should do it. Right, right. At some stage. It's one of those kind of biohacking, super health things. Does it get you high?
0: Pure oxygen? Nah, nah. <laughs> no, no. You,
1: okay. do, you don't even feel... It makes you a little bit tired, to be honest. Afterwards. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think right. it's the pressure. Yeah. Because, you know, if you go scuba diving and stuff, you're a bit wrecked after. I don't know if you've been I've not diving. been. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but that got me kind of stable. It was a three-month protocol, so six days a week for three, two to three months. I think I was in there 50 days in total for an hour and a half expensive for yeah expensive and i had to relocate to queensland to do it as well which is expensive and you know for that whole period i couldn't work um and you know all your bills stay the same plus i got all these medical bills and everything else on top of it so it was tough Mm. um but that kind of got me to a point where i could start painting again and then i was continually improved for months after that i've done a bunch of other pretty intense therapies since then that have got me a little bit further along the line and now Mm. i kind of hover between 80 to 98 percent recovered depending on if i push it too hard or right right stuff like that but anyway that whole time i was sick i was like thinking how do i paint i need to paint about this you know i was meeting i was getting in these online groups that are like thousands of other people who were injured or young people going through what i was going through and worse um hearing their stories and then just media silence on the whole thing Mm. You couldn't talk about it. If people were talking about it, they were told that anti-vaxxers immediately Um, massive amount of censorship on social media. So the second I started posting about it, I was completely taken out of the algorithm. Um, Most social media censorship on so on. Yeah, if you start talking, if you start using keywords like vaccine and blah blah blah, or you're reposting the wrong people that have already been Mm. had the hex put on them, my account was like dead. Like, it was basically useless. No one was seeing anything, which became a problem because I was starting to be able to paint again, but you you don't realize how much you rely on Instagram to generate income as well. Right. So um, I eventually figured out how to kind of get that moving again, but um, I was just thinking I need to paint something. I need to paint about this. And so I had different ideas. It was just such a tough subject to paint about because it's so much and you're going against like, It's easy when you're going with the flow, you know, with a lot of political satire mules, you're basically just like the things already in the media and in the zeitgeist and then you're just adding to the conversation. So it's really easy. But this is going in complete opposite to what the conversation and censorship and everything else is going. Mm. So I was like, how do I tell these stories? And in the end, I settled. I was like, I should just do like a podcast style conversation. Mm. Um and then just paint their murals. It's a non-controversial painting. Like if you just walk past it, you wouldn't go, "Oh, fucking anti-vaxxers." Oh. Mm. Mm. So I thought that would help me actually get walls. Yeah. You know, as well. Um, so yeah, that program. I've I've painted three of them so far. One here in Melbourne, mm-hmm. um, one in Brisbane, one in Sydney. Um. I would love to have painted more by now, but I'm still financially trying to get back on my feet and then pay for these mules at the same time. You know, like flying to Melbourne, hiring a car, getting a SIS lift, all that stuff yeah. isn't cheap. So I've got heaps of people lined up. Like I could paint one of these a week for the next 10 years. I don't think I would have scratched the surface. Right. Um, there's so many people. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of the project and trying to raise awareness let people know what's really kind of going on that no one will fucking talk about, and trying to get help for these people who are injured because there is no help. Like right, no help. They've I saw got, you've
0: got some GoFundmes like where you're promoting people's yeah, I've people's encar- go- yeah, go encouraged
1: yeah, I encourage Erin to start a GoFundme because she I was speaking to her and she basically she had s- severe neurological issues to the point that she couldn't even make food. Um just two normal stuff around the house. her arms and legs stop working basically mm. um, and she got no government support. they put her on I think job seeker or something, but it's timed. so um, she can't get disability because they don't know if it's permanent or not and all these other things. so she's got Job seeker for a while, but then it's going to run out, and it's a nightmare. And they've got this vaccine compensation scheme that they tout in the media. Oh, we've got a vaccine compensation scheme that's looking after people. It's not. Mm. It's written in a way that no one, very few people are edg- eligible to actually get any money. So, for example, I'm not eligible. Because Oh, actually, I would be eligible under this rules now. But a lot of the people who have myocarditis and pericarditis, which is one of the most kind of publicized, I guess, injuries, but it's also a very small, it's like one little injury. There's dozens of different conditions that people have. From COVID, the vax or both? It's or, almost or... the same thing mm. because um, basically what it seems to be causing the issue is the spike protein. Um, which is the toxic component of COVID, which is also what the vaccine uh, uses to create the, your immune response. Mm. So the vaccine's just putting spike protein into your body um, and they don't they don't actually know how much or how long it lasts. They didn't figure that out before they told everyone to get it. So people are having just persistent problems with it. So they, the long COVID and vaccine injuries are so fucking similar. All the treatments are the similar. Mm. Um, all the communities, there's so much crossover because we're all going through pretty much the same thing. Um, I think the vaccine's kind of like long COVID plus, like it's got a few extra really nasty things associated right. with it.
0: Right, right. And, and what facts did you get? Pfizer?
1: I actually got the AstraZeneca. One sure shot oh, right. AstraZeneca. I guess people are getting injured from that as well because that also I thought uses. That was just the blood clots was the main worry for AstraZeneca. Well, that's what they would say. Blood clots, mm. blood clots. But the blood clots are also a worry for Pfizer. That's what I mean. The conversations blurry. Yeah, not well, even blurry. It's like they focus on one thing and they don't tell the whole story. So blood clots are definitely an issue with Pfizer. Um, the next person I'm actually doing a mural of is a 19 year old boy from Western Sydney. Uh, two blood clots in his lungs, now one in the back of his throat, he took Pfizer. Hmm. Um, so all the same issues that you're getting from Pfizer, you're getting from AstraZeneca. AstraZeneca is not mRNA though, is it? It's, uh, adeno, oh, no, it's how like a Dino... they they a DNA. They still use DNA to like... Yeah. I'm not a fucking scientist, obviously, mm. but it's still using the spike protein. That's right. the issue. And the Novavax, which is like a traditional vaccine, is also having all these... That's what things associate with it. They call that like the oh, "I'll take that" because the safe one, but there's plenty of people <laughs> getting injured from that. That's and that again is using the spike protein. Like the one thing that all these things have in common is the spike protein. Gotcha, you're right. Yeah,
0: yeah, because I think, um, you know, I, I was mentioning before, I've done a few little dives in the freedom movement, the yeah. freedom march protests and stuff, and um, a lot of people, also a lot of uh, other friends that were very vaccine hesitant. Um, yeah, the Novavax one, that was the one that they're all kind of waiting for, that like that's what they yeah, kind of...
1: Yeah, people are still getting injured from that as well. I don't know the rates, if it's more or if it's less, but at this stage, COVID's a bit of a non-event now. With Omicron, I don't think mm. you really need to get vaccinated at this stage of the game unless you're in some sort of real dire straits. mm um, what, what was it like when you went to the hospital and they
0: told you uh there's nothing wrong with you because i've i've had a i think i've got i know three people that have also had issues yeah um and one of them like my my best mate and he um he I he didn't have it bad like he never got a diagnosis or yeah. anything and his he was pretty wiped out for I think I don't want to misrepresent his story, but I think roughly six months or something. Yeah. But um, yeah, when he went in, they basically said, "Look, there's nothing wrong with you." And then he went home. He went back uh, a couple, maybe a week later, the, and he's like, "Same thing in my chest. Feels really, really tight." And they yeah. basically said, "Look, nothing wrong with you." And he kind of he kind of said to the doctors, "Like, so if this happens again, should I just not come in?" And the doctor kind of gave him a real look kind of talking between the lines say no you definitely should very wide-eyed like hear what i'm not saying you definitely should come back but and then he's like but i'll just get turned away and he's like you definitely should come back he's like but there's nothing wrong with me but there's nothing right and it was he just felt that it was a very much like okay like i'm gonna have to read between the lines of what's
1: happening here. well the thing is everyone once for me, I met uh, Brent, who's the first guy that I painted a mural of mm. um, at like a wellness center where I was doing some treatments and stuff. We met each other. Mm. Um, and then he actually put me into the online communities with everyone who's kind of injured. Mm. Um, everyone's got the same story. <laughs> like everyone went to an emergency, nothing was wrong, told us nothing wrong with me, went back, nothing was wrong with me. Like everyone's got the exact same story. It's actually... Fucking, mm. it's weird because when you speak to people, it's like, oh, me too, me too, you know? Mm. And so when I discovered everyone's going through this shit, that's when I really started, you know, obviously wanted to paint something about it. But yeah, your, your mate's story sounds pretty much the same as mine and everyone else's. Mm.
0: Mm. Um,
1: so what,
0: what do you, obviously, yeah, it, there's no denying. I mean, e- even at the time the government was pointing out that, yep, okay, we are... Um, we are finding problems with uh, Pfizer with the um, uh, heart inflammation. We're finding problems with AstraZeneca with the blood clots. They, I remember when I went to get my AstraZeneca. It uh, at the time it was not recommended to get AstraZeneca, but that was um, available sooner. So they were recommending for our age group Pfizer, and I was just like, same as you, like I just want to fucking get this shit over and done with. Like yeah, like let's all just let's just all get on board with this. Um, <clears throat> But at the same time, they were still making it compulsory for well, not officially compulsory. There was no actual mandate, but there were but there were there were mandates within workforces. So if you didn't get it, you're going to lose your job. So yeah. that there, there was no official government mandate, but there were mandates for people's employees.
1: Well, yeah, it was like so. they. It's not a mandate, but if you don't get it, you can't basically participate in society. Yeah, exactly. you can't, get the person, exactly. can't do this. Can't do Right. That. So it's like. They're just dancing around it because they don't want to get in trouble. Really, let's be honest. So, what what do you think
0: now that you've gone through that side of this entire fiasco? Still going through it, I'm sure. I mean, what what do you think should have been done from the government? Because you know, like like you said, COVID's ripping through society. Mm. It sounds like people. um, You know, I've there's so many studies, so many conflicting studies, but I've I've been a while, but I've read studies saying myocarditis and pericarditis were very common in people getting COVID. I mean, there, there were all sorts. I know people have. There's also it. a
1: lot of studies. Everyone thinks of COVID and vaccine like two different things, hmm. but there's a lot of interplay between those two variables. And there's also a lot of studies showing that uh, there's a huge study from Scandinavia. I think it's thirty thousand people showing the uh, your chance of getting myocarditis. It, whether you're vaccinated or not vaccinated after COVID infection. And they found it was like a 17% increase in your chance of getting myocarditis. Um, it was in young males in Scandinavia if you were vaccinated with Moderna vaccine. So it was actually increasing your chance of getting myocarditis like dramatically. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of kind of studies and stuff that suggest a similar thing that COVID plus vaccine could. Part of the problem mm, Right Because it's like This lo- more spike More spike You know what I mean But on, I mean On the
0: flip side And you know Obviously You and many other people Have gone through The absolute ringer But yeah. you know So many people Were dying Left, right and centre Very, oh, yeah. very quickly uh, I know a lot of people My when, arm passed away From COVID as well oh, Yeah, when I had it mm. so. um, A lot of other people Are having really weird Effects from COVID You know I mean Just like The full spectrum Of Full body weird wig out things like, uh, um, uh, you know, long COVID just like seems yeah. to be completely debilitating. Yeah, well, it's um, the same.
1: It's the same as vaccine injury. They're right. so right. They're so similar. It's like mm. you could essentially just say the vaccine's giving people long COVID mm. in a lot of these injuries. Right. Like it's so
0: similar. So what? I guess yeah. My my question is there's no denying covid was extremely dangerous and reaping absolute havoc um at the time there was a lot of periods where information was super limited looking back it's really easy to kind of misrepresent how things were but you know like early on we had minimal variants and then as vaccines were coming out the 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 um the virus was spinning off into different variants you had um uh, limited data from, every, you know, every country was trying different things. You know, Australia yep. had the um, advantage of being an island nation. They oh. were, uh, yeah, I think the the whole point of lockdowns, the whole point of shutting things down so fiercely was the fact that we were one of the rare countries and cases mm. to be able to isolate from the rest of the world until there was um, adequate help that they, well, what we thought what we all thought think is adequate adequate yeah, help yeah. with the vaccine. Um so I've always had the opinion like I understand why these measures are kind of coming through. Yeah. But my question I suppose is what do you what do you think should have happened um given yeah how it was all very quickly unfolding.
1: Well, you know, I'll, I'll caveat by saying I'm no expert and mm. hindsight's a motherfucker, but mm. um an early treatment protocol. There's a lot of doctors around the world who are advocating for early treatment and trying existing drugs that they were saying were, they're were having great success with. I know for me personally, when I got COVID the first time, it was quite early in the whole COVID thing. My mm. mother's whole family got it. Um, I mean, her whole household. So it was her, my aunt who had um, advanced Alzheimer's and her carer, they all lived together in the house. Um, and the carer got it somewhere else, brought it into the house. Um, my aunt ended up passing away. But in that period, we we're talking to doctors. Oh, what do we do? What do we do? We've got COVID. You know, everyone's shit in their pants. Mm. It's a big fucking COVID boogie monster. Um, and they had nothing. The doctor's like, oh, I'll take some Panadol and drink some water. That's if... I'm like, there's this whole thing we shut the world down for and we're going to take yeah. some Panadol and drink some water. Yeah, no treatment. No treatment. Stay wait until home. you're turning blue. You know, wait until your oxygen sats go below 80 and call an ambulance. That was... That's fucking crazy. Mm. And so the, my aunt's Leah, she her oxygen sats would 90, 80, sorry, and, and dropping quickly. mum called the ambulance. She, My mum used to be a nurse, so she called the ambulance. They picked her up. She was in really bad shape. She almost carved it, but she ended up living. My aunt passed away in the home with my mother. Um, I was quite sick when I had it, but there was no early treatment protocols, even though these doctors were screaming about it. Drugs like ivermectin and hydro hydro Hydroxychloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine, whether you think they work or not, there are doctors that were reporting success with it. Mm. Hydroxychloroquine was used for other COVID viruses in the past, other SARS viruses in the past, so that had a history of working with these things. But they were like poo pooed by the media and all this. And, you know, the conspiracy around that is they needed that EUA to push these vaccines if there was another treatment that was effective for COVID. They couldn't get the emergency use authorization, So this $500 squillion that they spent producing these vaccines of government money and all the profits that these pharmaceutical companies were set to make selling these vaccines would be flushed down the toilet if an ivermectin that costs nothing and no one has a patent on is curing an effective treatment for COVID. Mm. You get what I mean? Mm. Um, And when you look into that further and you realise... The TGA in Australia is 96% funded by industry. The FDA is 80-something percent funded by industry. And they're supposed to be the regulators and they're getting money from the drugs that they approve. So I think it's more an issue of corruption and uh, industry kind of slowly have infiltrated all the bodies that are supposed to be regulating them. Mm. Um, And that's why there was no early treatment stuff advocated like on a broader scale. You know what I mean? Even things like vitamin D they've found is... Mm, very effective. Very, like no yeah. one with low vit- high vitamin D levels are dying of COVID basically. Mm. Mm. Um, things as simple as like flushing your nose out when you get home um, because the virus lands in your nose and that's where it starts replicating. So getting home, saline, washing your snoz out was super effective. Like just little things like that that don't cost any money. There zero early treatment you know and that's why people if you stay at home let this virus replicate replicate build up in your system to the point that you're dying and then call an ambulance you're in much worse shape Mm. than if you start treating it Mm. from Mm. the jump that's just common sense really
0: yeah so early treatment encourage i mean even even just encouragement of healthy lifestyle vitamin d i mean like you said hindsight's a bitch and I like to believe that my opinions are flexible as more information is available. Um, But, you know, it does seem that like I've had two jabs and I don't really see that I've had COVID twice. I don't overly see the need to get another jab as I don't really know many people in my age group that have died of uh, COVID, but I do, who have had issues. I don't know anyone who's died from vaccine issues, but I do know people who have had issues that have really affected them. Um, So, you know, I mean, maybe the information could be kind of updated. Like if if they needed to rip the Band-Aid off or, you know, really, really deal with this, could it just be a... Could could the restrictions get a bit more specific? Could it be 60s plus? Could it be this or that? I mean, I don't I know. Don't well, the know. thing like is that the, 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 the one-size-fits-all method just didn't seem to... Well, I
1: mean... Yeah, it, 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 it exactly, the one-size-fits-all method is, is like part of the problem. You know, mm. they knew that there was issues with young people with this vaccine, in particular young males with myocarditis, although females are making up like two-thirds of the vaccine injuries, so it's working both ways. Right. Um, but they knew that there were certain groups that are having more issues. And in other countries around the world, you know, they stopped vaccinating teenage boys mm. with certain vaccines. They got rid of, stopped using Moderna vaccines that has a higher rate of inj- injury because it's a higher load of spike protein that's yeah. into you. India. Um, where were countries like America, and I think we did the same kind of one-size-fits-all thing, mm. They've just had bad outcomes. All the countries that had lockdowns, bad outcomes. Mm. There's the excess death phenomenon that's going on now that is getting zero news coverage, which is insane, that excess deaths around the world in highly vaccinated countries are up by between 10 and 20% um, unexplained from things like heart attacks, strokes, things that are associated um, side effects from the vaccine. But no one's talking about it. There's there very recently a a study showing a correlation between the amount of vaccine intake in a country and the level of excess deaths. Mm. It was like this many people vaccinated or this many shots of the vaccine equals a zero point zero zero one percent whatever the number is. I'm getting the number mm. wrong. Rise in excess deaths, but there's no no one's talking about it. Mm. It's it's craziness. Yeah, like this there's, there's a huge a huge issue if people are dying unnecessarily and it is being caused by this. Like, we don't know, but you need to mm. investigate it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, yeah. Like, for for example, here's another thing. When Pfizer was released to, forced to release under freedom of information, it's trial data from the vaccine trials. It wouldn't, didn't want to release it. The FDA was helping them trying to lock it up for 50 to 75 years. We couldn't see the trial data which makes no sense. The TGA, or sorry, the FDA and stuff, they don't even see the trial data before they approve these drugs either. Mm. They get like a summary from the drug company saying, this was our study, blah, blah, blah. Um, Yeah, so they released their their trial data and they were forced to release their trial data. A bunch of super legit scientists from institutions like Stanford and stuff like that, Did a paper reviewing the trial data and found that you had a one in eight hundred chance of a serious adverse event, which means disability or hospitalisation from the vaccine, which they found was higher than your chance of the same thing from COVID. That should be in the fucking news, you know? Mm. That's huge because Mm. they've just everyone's had this drug, and now that we see the actual behind the curtain data, it looks like it was incredibly dangerous to begin with, and they knew about it. Like, things like that, it makes no sense to me why that's not a news story. You know what I mean? Particularly when you see some of the bullshit that's in the mm. fucking media. Mm.
0: So, I mean, like, there's a few things that we've kind of, like, jumped around about. Um, yeah. You know, things like uh, treatment, things like, uh, you know, I was. it's been a while, but I was really looking into things like uh, ivermectin and the hydroxychloroquine. Yeah. Uh, I, like I said, it has been quite a while since I've looked into them. But the last studies that I was looking at... Well, it was kind of coming out that there was actually no real evidence to suggest that ivermectin was having a positive effect on, uh, on COVID. Yeah. So there were a lot of different studies. There's one in India and I think, uh, yeah, I can't remember where else, but um, there were always issues with those studies. They weren't done yeah. scientifically. Uh, too many variables that could really...
1: A huge um, conflicts of interests in a lot of them as well.
0: Right, right. So... Is are you in disagreement with? Well,
1: I don't. I don't know. What I do know hmm. is that all the top, um, like early treatment protocols, long COVID protocols, um, by legit doctors and scientists, guys like this guy, Dr. Bruce Patterson, who has this long COVID protocol, they all include ivermectin. Hmm. <laughs> so they're not putting it in there because it doesn't do anything. You know what I mean? So hmm. Hmm. I don't know. You know, I fucking paint pictures. So, so, you know, but I do find it strange that there was, you know, when we're in the throes of this pandemic and people are dying, that trying drugs that are existing and are safe, you know, Mm -hmm. ivermectin, regardless of whether you think it works or not, it's safe. The same with hydrochloroquine. Like why it was poo-pooed so crazy in the media and you weren't allowed to use it. You know, the cynic would say because of the emergency use authorization, so, mm, mm. which makes sense to me. But if, like, what do I know? Wanna-
0: also, I mean, like, where's where's the incentive when when you're actually going to the hospitals, uh and, you know, to follow protocol? I suppose when you go to the hospitals and they're telling you there's nothing wrong with you until it's just getting so intolerable that they'll be like, "All right, all right, all right," there's something wrong with you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. they're kind of trying to be like nothing, nothing to see here for a while. Yeah, do um, So uh, with as we're saying you know the the virus is ripping through the world dan andrews is uh you know in in tough times tough decisions need to be made um it's unfolding no one knew no one really knew what what to do Dif, you know every many many countries around the world are trying different things um I, I obviously never enjoyed things like lockdowns. I thought they were fucking shit. It was the worst time in, in Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, but I always kind of understood the reasoning behind it. So therefore I was like, well, it, it makes sense. It makes sense if, if if we can block this thing off, wait until the help arrives um, you, and then let let it rip, which is kind of what happened. The The only time I, I started thinking, no, hold on, is the when, when it was kind of mandated and in my logic I would, think okay well if we know that there's problems like myocarditis and 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 blood clotting and, and people are actually dying let's just say it's i'm just pulling a number out of my ass let's just say it's one percent of the population if we're mandating that and no one can knows what how they're going to um react the government is actually mandating one percent of the population to die <laughs> you know what yeah, i mean yeah. like if, if we know there are problems and it's still compulsory to take them i mean they went around it saying well there's various different vaccines so know yourself know your body and and go for one where the side effects won't affect you but like what they're is all, that they're all the what, same. they're all it? the fucking
1: same mm. and you can't get information from your doctor anyway like I went when I actually got the vaccine I went to go see my doctor to have a conversation with him about it like mm. that's what you're told to do mm. and he just kind of like oh nah it's never, and you know I literally just looked up all the stats for the blood clot thing cuz that's what everyone was talking about mm. And I was like, oh, I'm worried about these blood clots. And he's like, oh, it's one in a million chance. No chance you're going to get it. I'm like, I just looked million, at it. I'm yeah. like, it's one in 70,000. I'm like, mm. I literally just looked at it mm. before I came here. That's what it is for Australia. And he's like, oh, yeah, but nah, that's just like the same as skydiving. I'm just like mm. yeah, but when kind when of I, ushered me in. I was like, oh, fuck, whatever. I'll just get it. You know what I mean? Not everyone's
0: being forced to skydive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, so what what are your feelings on... You know the Andrews government and everything. Do you, do you think this is a was a malicious, corrupt, conspiratorial oh. plot? I don't know, do you man. Just and like
1: think it was desperate times, desperate measures. How how, how do you? I f- don't think it was like I think it's just people trying to do the best in the moment and maybe mm. having bad bad. Um, Information or something, mm. I don't know. Like I wasn't paying that much attention to Victoria other than speaking to mates down here about mm. the lockdown stuff. Like I had friends, their art studios were getting raided by the police because they were going in and painting and shit Fuck. down here, which is just <laughs> fucking insanity. Yeah, it was it was pretty shit down oh, here. Oh, man, it's crazy. <laughs> it's <pretty shit. laughs> but like there, you know, oh, there's all kinds of stuff. Like when, when they announced the lockdowns in the States, there was, I'm, oh, I wish I could remember names better. Dr. Bhattacharya, I think his name yeah, is. Yeah, Jay Bhattacharya, yep. So he's like one of the signees and authors of the Great Barrington Declaration, right, which was, I think, 17,000 doctors, scientists and all the rest of it saying that we've never used lockdowns, there's no history of using lockdowns, they, we know they're not going to work, they're going to cause more damage in terms of missing, you know, people missing doctor's appointments, depression, mental health, not getting outside and being healthy, all those kind of things. Um, and that was poo pooed by. It was like a conspiracy to basically poo poo that whole thing and kill it by Anthony Fauci and those same guys. And that's all being kind of proven now with leaked emails and freedom of information stuff and everything else. So he's been proved to be right. Um, that lockdowns were kind of not the best choice mm. Um, mm. because you look at countries like Sweden. They didn't have such a hard lockdown approach. They had more um, kind of moderate. I guess, policies and they've had better results than all the other countries in Europe that have had the lockdowns and everything.
0: But we did. The thing, the thing is where I get stuck with that is we did manage to get rid of COVID basically temporarily. Yeah. And when that was happening, cause I was also, you know, obviously I don't like lockdowns. No one, no yeah. one liked it. But as, as I remember Melbourne, ver, sorry, Victoria versus New South Wales had a different Gladys Berejiklian. I think I'm saying your name, right. Um, she had a different approach, and she was basically saying, "No, your freedoms are important. We don't need lockdowns." And then it kind of ran rampant in Sydney, and they kept being like, "No, no, no, it's you know we'll deal with it, we'll deal with it." Then it got so um, out of control. She ended up buckling on that kind of position anyway, and doing lockdowns. And then Melbourne went back into lockdown. And and it, it, at the time, I remember thinking that even even the government. Um, in Sydney, whose whole uh, approach was, no, 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 we're prioritising your freedoms yeah. over this, ended up having to buckle over that anyway until we were able to get it under control. So that that whole Jay Bhattacharya argument and all that, I think, I'm, I hope we're talking to the right person, um, seemed to make much more sense in countries that were sharing borders and stuff, whereas I often yeah. thought that, well, Australia being an island nation is... Maybe a bit of an exception to that lockdown rule. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm a painter. I don't know.
1: I'm just kind of yeah, like, yeah. well, same thing. I don't fucking know. But yeah, and hindsight's a motherfucker. So I, mm. I don't have too much of a crazy opinion. I wasn't like freedom. Still, in my freedoms, because I got to wear a mask at the mm. supermarket or whatever. Um, but what I did find really uncomfortable about those protests during that period was the way they were treating them. Because you know, everyone's got a right to fucking protest. Um well, I shaky territory caught. to ban protests well the thing that was f- fucked was the week before was a Black Lives Matter protest that I went to it was huge so many fucking people and I've been to a lot of protests in Sydney so I have a good gauge of what crowd equals what number mm. you know what I mean because mm. I've been to quite a few over the years Um so there was a ton of people at the Black Lives Matter thing but we're allowed to do that protest um the first freedom protest, I think, was shortly after that, mm. or short, maybe like, shortly yeah. before. Like I think it was just within after. weeks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Um, Which I wasn't planning on going to or anything, but I actually got caught in the traffic coming home from um, from my mum's mum's place. So I got stuck. Like the whole city was locked down basically because of all the traffic and shit. Mm. So I was like, oh, I want to check this out. Actually, I'll just park up and sit on the hill. So I was sitting up on the hill watching the start of the protest next to Sydney Uni. And I was like, you know, a big ball of people and they're doing their speeches and shit before you march. But there was cops walking around, like half a dozen cops walking around the edge of the circle and they'd just dive in, grab a random person and just drag them off and process them. They had right. all these cop cars up the top. Right. I was like, that's fucking weird like i've never seen that before you know what i mean that's like oh,
0: they, they were mowing people down with rubber bullets in burke street in melbourne oh really oh, like that yeah that i uh, remember seeing that, that video of this one. dude yeah. in a
1: valley just like axing four coughs like terminator oh yeah that guy <laughs> i was, was like, like bird's Eye View yeah coming. i was like i'm not really down with the protest but i can respect <laughs> that energy like, that yeah, yeah yeah i was like look at this cut <laughs>
0: That was nuts. It just, like, downed like four cops, kept going. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was, pre- it was pretty pretty, shaky around that period. Yeah, well, they were doing that and then when they started marching, right, like, that big ball turns into a sausage and started walking down past Broadway in Sydney and then the fucking cavalry cops come, like, bloody Braveheart, like, mm. around their fucking hill and chop the sausage in half and then, like, rounded half the sausage back into the park. And then that went. They that group went down like another street. So mm. it was actually split in half. The yeah. thing. So when you saw the pictures on the news, I knew that that was half. First of all, that was half the protest. Second of all, they were saying it was three thousand people when it was like it was a lot of people. It was probably like thirty thousand to fifty thousand. Mm. Me comparing it to other protests and the numbers that they've said. And so that was half of the other half. Like went rogue through the city. I'd seen like because I had some friends that were like all into that shit and they're in the protest I was watching their snapchats mm. they're like walking down random streets yeah <laughs> like yeah, a bunch, yeah like a mob of freedom protesters like in the suburbs like yeah. Yeah, freedom it sounds like <laughs> exactly like, the same in yeah. Melbourne man yeah <laughs> I mean man it, it was it, like it, chaos but just, just the way the media reported on it was completely untrue because mm. I was there I saw it and the way the police were behaving I'd never seen in a protest ever in the past and I've been to a like i said a few and a week earlier there was the black lives matter and they're like yeah go for it i was like this is fucking weird mm. you know
0: what i mean mm. yeah there's pl- there's plenty to criticize yeah. um both governments uh for their heavy handedness and um just <laughs> vi- violence against against um just people yeah like whether <laughs> you whether-, of whether you agree or not yeah exactly like, like was- if
1: i agree or not i don't give a shit just fucking protest like sure we all we can all do that stuff sure 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 yeah
0: yeah um what what you know starting to make work and and be uh, quite vocal on the subject what what was your um oh actually before i get to that bit i did also just want to point out I, i remember seeing i think this is when i really started paying attention to what you're doing and i saw um you just did a post at one point saying shout out to anyone who's having Issues with myocarditis from from the vaccine. Yeah. Um, I'm with you, basically. Yeah. And I think pedestrian TV or pedestrian, whatever they're called, uh, did an article basically saying, you know, hard, surprising turn from Scotty Marsh, oh, and basically yeah. did a whole article um, shitting on you, basically saying you've you've gone anti-vax, and then your response when you actually look at what you you wrote, I think there's so much to say about how the media was was dealing with the situation because the right response is like, holy fuck, are you okay? <laughs> like yeah. you're not like, like you've clearly been affected by yeah. something. Um, as we've said before, you were even painting murals saying like, come on, let's all jump on board. Like you've clearly been affected by yeah. something and having, getting, I don't know, targeting individuals and making you like the subject of, of like a, almost a smear kind of, article i thought yeah it was a very uh good example of what's going wrong you now <laughs> the breakdown of of media relations to just
1: this i mean how, how did that feel having an article it was horrible because i was in a horrible place at that time as well and it was just when i had discovered that there was because in the beginning you, you've got this issue right mm. and you don't know anyone else it's mm. just you and so you're thinking fuck, I'm the unlucky one in a million guy that's got a vaccine injury. You know mm. what I mean? Mm. Um, but then I had a cardiologist, I saw a bunch of cardiologists and eventually stuck with one and he um, he was basically telling me that 50% of his patients are now under 40 with myocarditis and pericarditis um, from COVID and from the vaccine. And when there's a vaccine rollout, he gets a wave of new patients. When there's a COVID wave, he gets a wave of new patients. Um, And I'm like, fuck, that's that's psycho. You know what I mean? (laughs) And he was saying, you know, I've got a real issue because I'm required to tell people to get the vaccine. I'll get in trouble if I don't. But I have a real problem, particularly in young males, because I've got so many fucking patients Mm. that are having issues with this. Um, And I, I had also just met Brent and got in some of these other groups and gone, I'm not the only guy. There's thousands of people here. Why is no one kind of talking about this? And seeing that we all had the same story, you yeah. know what I mean? So I just did a little post saying, you know, anyone who's affected by this, you know, I'm looking out for you, hope you get better kind of thing. Um, and yet they wrote, basically called me an anti-vaxxer and a conspiracy theorist because yeah. yeah. um, I didn't really want to come out and say I'm sick or whatever. It's I just felt weird about it, but then I was kind of forced to do it after that. Um, but that's the landscape. It's like mm. if you say something, they just shut you down, you know. Yeah. And all the things that they were calling me an anti vaxxer for, they're all real. Like yeah. the 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 bar has moved so far from where it was. Right. Like you remember, if you said people were getting myocarditis from the vaccine, you're an anti vaxxer and that's untrue. Well, it turns out now that it's a rate of one in one thousand to one in three thousand mm. mm. in the groups that are like most vulnerable. And it's a rate of one in 800 are getting serious adverse events to the vaccines, which mm. is fucking crazy. That's not rare. It's mm, mm. not one in a million. You know? Totally, totally.
0: What, what was your um, brush with, you know, being vocal about this and stuff? And throughout the pandemic, everyone got very much in their bubbles and we everyone started consuming their, you know, Confirming their biases with the media they're consuming, and yeah, uh, what was your what was your experience like with the kind of freedom movement, um, the inverted commas freedom movement? So, as as I've been uh, popping in and seeing what they've been up to, there's, there seems to just be a deeply baked conspiracy narrative. Not with everyone, but um, what what was your experience with this kind of thread?
1: I don't really have too much experience with it into other than having friends that were like super into it and just kind mm. of observing them, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, with the conspiracy thing, it's like the... Like I don't go all the way down the wormhole into mm. like the um, agenda to like depopulate the earth and all that kind of stuff. But if you look at it, you can't help but go to conspiracy t- territories, mm. particularly if you're like that way inclined because it, the things that they did were so ridiculous during the pandemic. For example, the EUA thing that I was just talking about, you know, that's all f- facts and mm. that's, a cons- that's a conspiracy to get the vaccines out and not have anything interrupt that because they're making shit tons of money. Mm. Um, so I don't know, in terms... Like, I didn't have too much exposure to the whole freedom thing, I think. So, other than just observing it like everyone else, um, having some really good mates that are, like, super heavy into all of that stuff. And, like, if we have, you know, I've got a really diverse group of friends. Yeah, same. Especially Graffiti (laughs) is, like, a pretty fucking broad church. So, you know, you don't agree with people on everything, but... Um, I don't know, it's been, you know, obviously when I started talking about my injury, I got a lot of followers that kind of come from that movement um, that kind of joined, which I appreciated because they actually would stand up for me a little bit in the comments, you know, Mm. when all these other people that have been following me forever were just calling, throwing me in the bin, Mm, essentially. mm. Um, So, yeah, I don't know, it's weird. You just see the, the division, like in 2016, 17, I went... On a um a trip to the States And part of the reason for that trip Other than being a holiday And I had some painting stuff to do Was I wanted to kind of get a feel for the zeitgeist And just a feel for the States To potentially move over there for a little bit Because mm. it was kind of peak Bernie and Trump And it was like I was just like fertile grounds for political satire You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, totally. So I was like maybe I could move over the States for a year And like grow my audience And and do a, a body of work on kind of American politics mm. Um, And when I was over there, man, I left just going, this place is fucked. I'm like, everyone's so divided and so in their camps that if you painted anything, everyone would just fucking hate you. Like no one, they've lost the ability to laugh at themselves. They've lost the ability to like laugh at each other. Like, yeah, they've just, everything's serious and angry and the energy's tense and people can't hear other opinions. They're in camps. It was horrible. And that was in 2016 or 17. So it was a while ago. Right. Right. And I was like, fuck that. I'm just concentrating on an Australian thing. People can still have a laugh here. Where th- we are, what American was then, we're that now. Mm. Like, that's what it feels like. I, I agree. And and that's kind of,
0: I think that's kind of why I wanted to ask you about whether you had much experience with that conspiratorial side of things, which kind of brings me on to your most recent controversy of the mural that you painted for Pride. Mm. And so, you know, I, like I was saying earlier, I kind of, I listen to a few uh, American politics podcasts and I'm, I'm quite interested <clears throat> in the kind of conspiratorial side of things yeah. without subscribing to them, but just interested to see the, how these things unfold, how people think really. Um, and, you know, we've, we've got this ec- massive export from America. I, I feel um, that's this, you know, massive culture war <laughs> issue, yeah, yeah. this big, big culture war issue. And I feel like they're kind of, Melding in with the conspiratorial sides of things. I mean, a, a look, a, lo- a lot of these things there are there are tr- truths. A lot of these things there are threads of truths, and they're they're expanded upon. But yeah. you know, we've got these we've got these crazy narratives now where the <laughs> the anti trans movement, every yeah, every LGBTQI person or rainbow flag is a pedophile enabler like yeah, I'm, we, we, I'm
1: a child groomer now as well yeah now. yeah exactly yeah.
0: and um and I think that's like I mean so so you 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 painted a a mural for pride maybe you could um uh, explain what the mural was <laughs> yeah so was. The, the
1: mural was actually a commission from a collective of small bars and venues and stuff around the city mm. so they found the wall it was one of those ad space walls mm. like apparition walls mhm um, and I know one of the guys I've known for years, um, that was part of that, and he, he just said, you know, paint something fun, cheeky for pride, like just do your thing, basically, which was nice, open brief. Um, I've got like a book of mural ideas basically that I got sitting on the shelf, mm. um, and I just picked one of those out, which was basically like a Putin in drag as a Russian, the Russian bear, you know, bear is yep, yep. in reference to big, hairy, gay men. Um, <clears throat> so he had the chest harness, like, and as well the The bears in Sydney they march in Gras every year. They're always wearing chest harness. I don't know why that's their outfit, but mm. it's always fat hairy dude in a chest harness. That's just what a bear is. You yep. know what I mean? Yeah, the leather leather daddy. Yeah, kind just of. yeah, just the chest harness, whatever, in their dax or whatever. But um, so anyway, I did the mock up for that mural. They loved it. I thought it was super funny as well. I thought it'd be a bit controversial, razzle people up a little bit, but it's a bit of fun also. Mm. Um, At the day I was beginning painting, uh, the property owner, who's like some old Chinese businessman or something, he vetoed it. And they didn't even know he was involved in the process. But Mm. anyway, he vetoed it. So we had to come up with something on the fly to kind of change it. Um, I had a bunch of bare kind of murals also, on the shelf that was similar to that design it was just like bear head, mm. um, big bear dude. Um, so I just I was like, oh, I'll just stick the bear head on. That's an easy fix, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and I already had that bear head sitting in my studio um, for some reference shots I'd already shot for some of those other bear murals that I was going to do down the track. Because I'll get a model in, like, and I'll shoot them in a million different poses with different outfits, everything. So. I'll try and hit like ten different mural ideas. Some I'll never do, but yeah. I just have a backlog of reference images and stuff sitting there. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So I was like, sweet. I'll chuck the bear head on him, and we were all deflated. Like all the guys who commissioned were like, oh fuck no, Putin. I was like, oh, it's not. This one's a bit boring. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm. I didn't think it would be controversial at all, so I was pretty wrong. <laughs> uh- <laughs> Um, it probably wouldn't have been five years
0: ago. Or even, no, definitely, definitely wouldn't. Probably been. three years ago, yeah, I don't yeah. think it would have been.
1: The landscape has changed so fucking. It, crazy. Re- it
0: really has, and I think people. I don't know the th- people who don't really pay attention to the culture war stuff, which with good reason, it's fucking mind <laughs> oh, numbing. Yeah. <laughs> it's so just these echo chambers, but um, but yeah, there uh, there might be quite a surprise. You know, it really seemed uh, that we were very much uh, making uh extremely fantastic progress in terms of like a rights and yeah. and just being very accepting and it seems like it's all just flipped on its head
1: all of a sudden.
0: Yeah, yeah. It really it really does. Yeah. And and so
1: I don't know, the Well yeah. I wasn't even when and as well, I w I wasn't really aware of this grooming conspiracy thing. Right. So right. I didn't even really know it existed. I thought I'd kinda, of, you know, like the everyone was like, it's the Balenciaga mural. Yeah, yeah. Like I had heard of that in the periphery on podcasts and stuff, but I'd never actually seen the imagery or paid mm. too much attention to it. So if I had seen that, like I said that in my response to it, was like I would have changed up the imagery to avoid that association. Right. Like that's pretty common sense. But what are your what are your thoughts on that Balenciaga ad? So well, these- I still haven't really done a deep dive on it. To be honest with you, I've just seen the yeah. imagery with the kids with the bears and and yeah. the chest harness and stuff. But then I read something about like there was like court papers in the backpacks or yeah something that like well that.
0: that was a separate so i kind of looked into that as yeah, well yeah. so i mean the the ad campaign was a uh it, there were like kids on couches holding teddy bears and the teddy bears were wearing like bondage kind of outfit yeah. but there, there was some pretty weird imagery and stuff like there's like a dog bowl with with like a spikes around it <laughs> uh, and a table set and it
1: it sounds, uh, broke. It, it it sounds it, a bit it, off it's uh, yeah it is a yeah. bit off
0: it is a bit off i mean whether it's like pedophiles working in the thing to try and hide in plain sight i don't i don't really yeah. buy that i think it's probably like some some fashion over, over, yeah. lord trying like completely <laughs> the bar, yeah like, trying to, i mean there's been so much stuff in in pop culture that is trying to just really push the envelope of edgy stuff um, and i i don't like the ad i think it's gross i think it's a terrible uh like get with the fucking program what, what, what exactly are you trying to do here yeah i think it should be slammed but um <laughs> the narratives that go with that i don't think i think it's just really shitty choices and, and poor form and people that are just
1: disconnected from what is uh what is, i mean, think i think like there is the response so so i had a big controversy with uh, during the same sex marriage plebiscite, I painted a piece um when the yes vote was announced and it was it was originally just gonna be Tony Abbott in drag on his hens night. Mm. That was like on his hens premise. Night. <laughs> yeah, So he was like in drags with the hens sash and he was drinking a bottle of Pinot with a penis straw and like had the tiara on and stuff. And he was in that like real sloppy makeup. Yeah, like- yeah. 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 And then um, that was the one I was trying to find a wall in Manly for, but it didn't end up happening. So I painted that in Newtown. And then as I was painting it, I was like, oh, a mouse stripper. I'm like, Pell is a male stripper. That's hilarious. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's hen's party. <laughs> so I ended up putting Pell in. And the mural kind of changed and got a little bit naughtier as I painted it. Um, and so this group called Christian Lives Matter. Um, oh, they've
0: just recently been... Uh- yeah, so
1: they destroyed that mural... Within like two hours of it being posted, um, the guy who runs that, I forget his name, but he went through my images and just picked other things he said were blasphemous. He'd post them to his group and then people go out and destroy them. One of those things was the George Michael mural mm-hmm. um, as St. George Michael um, that was painted a tribute after he died a year previous. So it'd been there for ages, it had got international kind of news attention. It had its own float in the Mardi Gras, George Michael float with the mural on it. Um, No one gave a shit, but all of a sudden it was like, they they were saying it was Jesus and Mm. it was blasphemous and it had to go. So that was under a sustained attack for months until it eventually got completely destroyed. And that was the same group. So when this popped off, it was the same group of people, um, but there's an extra group kind of demographic added in there. It was kind of like, almost like the Byron Bay naturopath yoga mummy kind of group (laughs) which was blowing my mind because you get it blew my mind the first time it happened because you get like you go to this someone for example you get like a 30 year old woman in your comments going these fucking faggots like saying the rankest stuff Mm. and then you go to their profile and it's like a well manicured photo with their little kids like hey a super mum yeah, you're like what, how is this poison coming out of you and then it was like that this time it'd be like you know, earthy fucking yoga lady mm. into fucking love, peace and happiness and she's like, fucking kill the fucking <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was psycho. Well it, it's
0: it's crazy, and I think I feel like a lot of it was the a result of, you know, the lockdowns. Uh and yeah. people were in these uh everyone had to stay home and everyone was so divided and, and everyone's couldn't work, so they had to Everyone's in front of their computer for months on end, and you know it's the kind of it's a mix of the QAnoning of of everyone and yeah, uh, well not everyone but you know of, of of a lot of kind of normal people that were never really into conspiracies. You've got the the more uh the more based in reality issues like the culture war issues, which were um uh not necessarily conspiratorial, but I think they're a lot of them. Look, there's truth to some to a lot of the points but there's also uh, that they're, they're just kind of being twisted by you know politicians and and well not even politicians these like these kind of like po- political talking head podcasters in America like yeah. you know both on the right and the left like I'm I don't want to just yeah, it's pretend like pretend it's just a right wing issue. Like you know, we we also had the issue uh, during the protests and things where everyone was a bloody Nazi. Everyone's a Nazi, oh, yeah. and it just makes the entire you know. And that was like probably if you had to generalize more a, a left wing labeling of the right everyone's yeah. a bloody nazi he just completely loses me and everyone on the left's a white tart or a yeah fucking a liptar a and, pedo- and a pedophile and, yeah. enabler and that that's the kind of opposite now we've got these things where like the de- the democratic party is the party of pedophile enablers and yeah i don't know yeah and and that's that's really come so Another thing, after when you did this mural and it got, got attacked, like, uh, you, you know, you would know that Spanian, wouldn't you? You would have seen that. Yeah. That guy.
1: Well, I actually know Spanian. I was going to paint a portrait of him. Oh, right.
0: Yeah, so that kind of went a bit sideways. Well, his, um, his kind of big video that got a lot of attention where he was uh, slamming the uh, the LGBT community as being pedophile enablers and blah, 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 blah. That came in terms of t- timing straight after your mural yeah so i think I, he even referenced mural. yeah i think well. well he referenced Which, teddy bears and i'm stuff. like bro
1: you're stitching me up here i'm like got a thousand cunts an extra thousand cunts telling me they're going to chop my lop my head off in my teeth. The,
0: so. the funny thing like that is so the way he kind of and i, th- I think i've se- I see a lot of people do this they represent it like you see what they're doing you see what they are doing like first of all who's they like this actually was just done by by scott marsh it's this isn't a uh yeah like this wasn't, this wasn't a, a george soros paid for <laughs> mural or like you know a it's just a person who and like you said you've got a history of doing a lot of different uh murals for pride and yeah. and um and controversial topics and i mean i didn't even know he knows you like he knows you i mean what's what's the he surely he should know that you're not I don't part know of if the- you put
1: two and two together. Like I've, oh, yeah. I've had a coffee with him and stuff because I was going to paint a mural of him after he released his book. Right, Because um, right. I'm around the same area. Like I grew up with a lot of guys. Go- like in Sydney Graffiti, the searcher and graffiti worlds cross over a lot. So mm. I know mm. a lot of dudes like him that I kind of grew up with. So. Mm. Yeah, it's a shame, man, to be honest with you, that he went that hectic, but it is what it is, you know. But also, you
0: know, completely just bought up the... The conspiratorial narratives, you know, like it's kind of now it's everything's connected, looking this and this, and fucking posting videos of celebrities. That's 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 a funny thing
1: as well. The same, so the same thing happened where they went through my previous works Mm. looking for things that were kind of blasphemous or fit the same narrative or whatever and picked out the dick wings. Oh, that was was great. (laughs) (laughs) And that video that that so the the dick wings are apparently aimed at children, not so. so the dick wings, what they are was. I went to Los Angeles. It was the same trip actually in 2016, 17 that I Mm. went to the States. And, you know, we're on Melrose doing all the tourist stuff, me and the missus. And um, they got those fucking corny street art angel wings like everywhere and just queues of people taking their Instagram selfies with them. And I was just like, I do want to fucking vomit. (laughs) And so I was like, man, it'd be funny if they're all dicks and they had no idea. And I was like, oh, that's a pretty, that's a good (laughs) idea. So I made some. The first ones I actually stuck up. I went back to the states, put it on Melrose Avenue, and then I did one like a neon one for at Vivid in Sydney, this big lights festival, mm. and it was just a troll to that Instagram selfie culture. And I've been doing sticking up dick wings literally all over the world for ten years or something. They're mm. all you just go hashtag dick wings on Instagram. Mm. There's like a million photos. And then for the last few years, <clears throat> for the last few years, um. I've been doing some rainbow ones and just sticking around town during Mardi Gras. Because, mm. you know, it fits perfectly. Everyone loves them. Everyone's always dressed up in outfits as well. So there's really cool selfies and stuff that that go with them. So I've been doing that. And then so they, I did the same thing again this year. And they, so they found the dick wings and they're like, Decks. Yeah. at are all these decks? They're for sure. I'm like, they're 140 to 150 centimetres off the ground. All of them the same height, because I found after trial and error, that sometimes they're too low and mm. sometimes they're too high. That's like a nice middle height that kind of fits everybody, which is too high for a fucking kid mm. unless your kid's going to grow up to be a basketball player or something. But um, but yeah, so they've lost their minds over dick wings. Like I've got literally people in my DMs telling me that like I need to die because I'm a full blown pedophile yeah, because right. of the dick wings. Like yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, I I'm think- like it's got nothing to do with kids. It's not aimed at kids. It's literally cartoon dicks like we've lost our minds we've, like what a fart joke's still mind. cool like, like what is the last bastion
0: of remember the the, the Chris Lilly? was it Summer Heights High and he's just always dictation, dictation yeah no, like, it's so
1: funny it's like this drawing dicks thing. on shit is the funniest shit ever <laughs> yeah totally
0: but now it's like people can't look at I mean look if, if everything's a nail you know if, if you're a hammer everything oh what's the term if everything's yeah, a the yeah, you're looking for, whatever whatever yeah. But people are so looking at things through their lens of whether it's politics, uh, left versus right, culture war issues, all conspiratorial things. Like, I mean, we're, we're having like a massive resurgence of satanic panic now. You know, yeah, this, this it's thing that was like just ages ago—that satanic panic—that was all proven to be kind yes. of I've got. Oh, I'm
1: a satanist. Like the D, the DMs are wild, actually. Yeah. But like <laughs> like last time when the Many years ago with the George Michael thing, it was the same kind of thing and there was death threats and other stuff in there. But this one's been fucking psycho. Right. Yeah, it's been like proper hectic. Does that worry you or just make you laugh? Um, No, when someone's telling you they're going to kill you, whatever, that doesn't worry me. But I have had people try and set me up with like fake commissions and stuff like that. Really? Which so... But I'm already paranoid. I never really have people come to my studio or Mm. anything like that because of my graffiti background. So it's like... Mm. I've kind of snuffed those out mm. when they've happened, but they have happened. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It don't, You'd rather it wasn't happening, right? Mm. People could just have a yeah. laugh at yeah, dicks totally. on things, but, you know, we've lost our fucking minds, apparently.
0: I feel, yeah, I mean, I, I I feel that totally. I mean, just two weeks ago, I think it was about two weeks ago, we had a... Uh, I, maybe I don't know the specifics was the, totally. But is that a, the
1: protest here with the Nazi? Yeah. T- there was yeah, like see, a, I've s- it's the same. I haven't fully dived into that either, but I've kind of looked at it on the periphery.
0: So, sorry if I'm wrong, but I think it was... I think it was an anti-trans process, a protest uh, with, like, TERFs. I think TERFs are feminists against trans, Because I think. Oh, man, I should probably not talk out of my ass because I'm probably misrepresenting. But then you had a whole massive... A group of pro trans, pro LGBTQI people protesting them, and then out of nowhere throw some Nazis in the mix, Zig <laughs> on fucking Parliament steps. And you're just like, what the e- fuck e- is but going everyone's up. yelling past each other. But like,
1: this is just, this is what America was. Like, it was the same thing. I remember um, there was a guy, oh, man, I wish I didn't forget names all the time. Anyway, he was a photographer, married a girl from Australia that I'm friends with. He was doing a lot of kind of, Journalism, just like citizen journalist stuff mm. during the um, the White House, what do you call it? What do they call that thing? The insurrection? Or Jan, Jan 6. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of all the groups. Man, it was like watching the movie The Warriors. It was like the Proud Boys yeah. in the Hawaiian shirts and like the fucking trans counts <laughs> and the these counts and the guys in full army fatigues and then like the Black Panther dudes with the machine guns. I was like what is going on in America? These places like they've lost mm. their fucking mind. And now we're t- turning yeah. into that shit as well. It's it's
0: that, crazy and I think like that protest me- melted my brain a bit. It wasn't huge, but it's just like man, it's exactly what you're ex- explaining. It's just like
1: it's, <laughs> it's watching just the bonkers. Warriors.
0: It's just bonkers. Like but also no one's everyone's yelling past each other. Like no one's really making much of an effort to try and understand what the other's perspectives are. Well, I
1: think, like, I've actually got a heap of works about this exact topic that I just haven't painted yet just because i mm. like a wall zone. I've been sick for a fucking year. But the idea is basically that the left and the right, they're the, fucking, they're the same. Like, mm. when you get to the extremities of both the political spectrums, you're both fucking a bunch of clowns. Mm. Like, you're both ridiculous. You both don't want to listen to anybody. You know what I mean? It's mm. like this: the squeaky wheel gets the oil. You know, it's yeah. like these small extremities. The majority of the people are in the middle, and they're the people that can have an ability for self-reflection. You know what right. I mean? Right. They can like look at themselves, have a laugh at themselves, take on other opinions without losing their fucking minds. Mm. Like that's the that's like the middle eighty percent of people. It's the like extremities yeah. that, but it is are making all the fucking noise and and. And that's and that's what's
0: revving up other people. So it is literally just the extremities, and they've got the loudest microphones. And then everyone thinks. That and then that's the media the needs clicks, so it right reports is. on
1: that ridiculous stuff, and then it blows up into a bigger thing. You know, like I don't know why it's like this, but the way the media landscape is, how it's kind of siphoned into left-wing media and right-wing mm. media, and the people on the left-wing media for the most part won't take in any right-wing media, and that's fake news. And the people on the right won't take in any left-wing media. And that's fake news. Like in 2016, same same period and for the same reasons or similar reasons, I was like a full kind of lefty dude. You know, I took Mm. all my news from the Guardian or the ABC Mm. or SBS or whatever it was. Around that period, I was like, "I, I don't. I feel like I'm just living in an echo chamber. I'm just preaching to the choir all the time. So I started following, you know, Fox News and Sky News and all these other right wing outlets to get their perspective so when I made work about an issue, I could either skewer them harder right. or make work that can kind of appeal to both sensibilities, you know what I mean? So mm. I wasn't just preaching to the choir because I felt like I just had a built-in cheer squad and I, wasn't, I felt like I wasn't doing good work. I was just mm. getting clicks, you know right. what I mean? Right, right, right. Um, and then from doing that over, you know, it's been years now, I just realized that they're both shit. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) And so they both selectively don't report on certain things Mm. and they both selectively go fucking lose their minds over other certain topics and inflame them into things that they're not. And Mm. when you take them both and you kind of get a better understanding of one, they're both full of shit, but you also get both sides of certain stories, you know, like you've got all the things in the States like the Hunter Biden laptop Mm-hmm. Um, even stuff on Jan six where the police were kind of uh, facilitating those guys walking through the the, the thing.
0: Yeah, totally. They walked the the Q shaman through
1: and like yeah, what, and like what, let what, everyone what come in, and then all the <laughs> FBI kind of agitators that were in the crowd kind mm-hmm. of spurring everyone on. Like that stuff's real. But if you only take in left wing media, you don't hear that. It doesn't exist sure. at all. Yep. Like I've got friends in my studio that only take in left wing stuff, and we're always having you know, arguments about this kind of stuff. I'm like, bro, you're only getting half the fucking mm. story. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's just bullshit. It only exists to sow confusion. That's what the right-wing mm. media... I'm like, that's what they say about you. You're both fucking clowns, like yeah. screaming into a mirror, like yeah. straight back at yourself. Well, I think uh, it does really
0: help to... It does pay to have very diverse friends, you know. I think yeah. it does. It, it. I've found a lot of benefits. It does my head in from time to time to have, you know, constantly... Butting heads on issues, but if you actually have respect for the person you're you're talking with, you you will make an effort to see their perspective, and yeah. and it does it does come through. And you know there, there are there are threads. I mean, there, there is truth on both sides. Like, I mean, there's some yeah. like the, the the whole kind of pedophile enabler narrative. There's I was trying to understand like what what are they talking about, and and there are some pretty weird videos out there on Twitter in America of these like pretty saucy kind of drag shows being done with like kids as an audience mm. and stuff. And I, I mean, with a lot of these things, they're lacking context, but I don't know what the, I don't, it doesn't really seem, it seems pretty weird. It doesn't seem appropriate. <laughs> it doesn't seem yeah. appropriate. Um, and may, maybe that, that is without a doubt going to cause a reaction. Yeah. Um, I don't think
1: it's like, same, same. Well, here's here's a quick example. There was a clip uh, running around of a bloke in like the full dog leather gimp outfit walking through Hyde Park in Sydney. Mm. And a bunch of my mates that are kind of on that right wing more side sent it to me and go, See, what the fuck is this shit? Fucking can't kind of just walk around the city. I'm like, Bro, it's the day after fucking Mardi Gras. I marched in Mardi Gras this year, I've marched it a few years. Mm. And I saw that that same dude like in the holding bay. Yeah. And so like one of the best parts of Mardi Gras for me has been over the years when I used to live in King's Cross, you'd wake up in the morning, get breakfast at a cafe and just the people watching of all like the drag queens and people in their costumes trying to get home like with their yeah. <laughs> lashes falling off like <laughs> disheveled after like a massive night. You know what I mean? I've looked. And like, I'm like, yeah. that's just a bloke in a gimp outfit that's been out. Since my age, and he's trying to get it like the biggest walk of shame of all time <laughs> walking walking through t- town hall in that outfit with all the suits going to work and stuff. I'm like, but there's no context, yeah, so you don't get that, yeah. And the context on that side is like, look, everything's gone mad, next mm. they I'll be jerking off in the street, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind
0: of- There's There's these real things where I think people they come up with their conclusion and then they work backwards from that conclusion. They look for anything that will support that conclusion that they've already kind of made. And uh, so much of it rather than looking objectively at everything and saying, okay, well, is, is, is this overblown? Is this a real issue? I mean, like I was saying, there's often threads of truth. And, and I think there are some things that do need to be probably curved. Like I've, I've often thought, you know, I, I know, um, I mean, you'd be one of these people, but I know people who have made controversial street art and um, uh, if you're going to paint, you know, dicks in the street or this or that, like, I mean, and it's part of the uh, graffiti culture and stuff, like you kind of know it's going to get either bombed or, or taken down. Like, I mean, there was, so you've got your one that got, attacked but there was also this mural that was um commissioned i think for breast cancer awareness in fitzroy and and the the mural uh was a mother breastfeeding their baby and that you could see the boob and the baby on the boob and it was yeah painted uh breast i think it was breast cancer awareness or maybe it was just for to promote breastfeeding i can't remember what it was. there's a mural like
1: identical to that that i've been meaning to paint for years right (laughs) right
0: but again that got attacked that got paint thrown on it People react to nudity in the streets. We have a, we live in a community. Yeah, I mean, I think that's ridiculous. But nonetheless, we live in a community where you've got every opinion under the sun. Yeah, and I do. And putting that publicly, I think part of the appeal is generate a uh, somewhat controversy to get more eyes on it, and then it'll get more of a message. And and with that, with that risk comes what comes a backlash.
1: What I found with it is, you know. If if you paint over the mural, it amplifies it by a million percent. Right, right? every single time. Like if you if you're really concerned about this issue and you don't want eyeballs to see it, fucking ignore it because mm. no one will give a shit. And the second you paint over it, it becomes a fucking yeah huge controversy. Exactly. Um, so you're not doing yourself any favors in that sense. Um, and two, like. I see things that I don't like all the time in the street, mm. but you just fucking whatever. Mm. Like, let it exist, you know? The I don't know, I've been getting... I love the... It's a bit of an aside, but I love the yin-yang symbol because I think it sums this up so nicely. Mm. Like, I've got a bunch of works that I want to do around this kind of symbol and the political discourse just because you've got, like, you need to let the yang exist. You need to let the yin exist because it's all of us together and all our varied opinions that make this kind of human hive progress. You know what I mean? You can't mm. have all left-wing government, otherwise you're going to end up in a in a shitstorm. That's what yep. history has shown us. You can't have all right-wing government, you end up in a shitstorm. You mm. know, a functioning democracy checks is that yin-yang, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, you need Healthy both. checks and balances. Yeah, and pay- you've got to respect yep. each other because you've got to respect other people because they're part of the solution mm. or a better world in the same way that you are. You know what I mean? Mm. So you've got to... Mm. S- I don't know. you've got to kind of respect each other's things and people just, they just want to destroy it. Yeah, Like literally people on the right, they just want a parliament full of like, what fucking all one nation and liberals. Like mm, it's mm. crazy. And the same on the left, they just want all greens and a few labor cunts. I'm like, no, you need everyone. Yeah. Like I've voted for all of the parties at some stage, you know, mm, um, mm. over different issues or something. And sometimes it'll be, I'll put someone in the preferences because I like having, thinking that you're providing a, balanced counterpoint yeah, to, yep. you know, some of the more extreme policies of the group that you like. You mm. know what I mean? Right. For example, but yeah, it's, in terms of destroying the murals, it's so fucking counterproductive. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Totally. Like, I'll give you a good example. I painted a mural after the Black Lives Matter protests. I was watching the protests and there was, you know, the images of the police cars on fire and everything. And there was an NYPD van on fire with George spray painted on it. And it was just such a fucking powerful symbol. It like full gave me goosebumps. I was like, mm. whoa, it kind of wraps it all up. So I was... I wanted to put it within an Australian context because I make Australian work mm. at that stage. So... Um, When I was growing up, a young kid, TJ Hickey, was um, killed in Redfern, which set off the Redfern riots by the police. They say it was an accident, but I'm not so sure about that. Um, And so I painted a police van on fire, RF-16, that's the car that hit TJ, allegedly, um, on fire with TJ Hickey's name spray-painted on it in Redfern. Um, It was tucked away in a back laneway intentionally. Like, I wanted it to kind of... Not be on a main street because i don't want to fucking trigger cunts or whatever particularly mm. people who knew tj or connected to that story and the fallout from it. i didn't want them to see it and bring back bad juju mm. so i was tucked away in a little way. everyone who came past while i was painting it fucking loved it um there i had zero like the best gauge of any mural is the punters walking past it mm. was like You'll get a feel for a mural as you're painting it by the amount of people that stop and laugh or whatever. You're like, oh, was going to be a good one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so this was all positive. Finished the mural, posted on Instagram. Didn't do very well, to be honest with you, on social media. It was like a little bit of a fizzer. 40 minutes after I posted on Instagram, I got a call from the manager at the Lord Gladson, which is a pub that I used to drink at all the time and I paint the back wall there all the time. He's like, a bunch of detectives just come in looking for that mural, eh? I was like, oh, really? whoa, really? I'm like, fuck. I looked at my watch. I'm like, geez, i are pretty fucking key. pretty keen. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, he's like, I just told him I didn't know you or whatever. So I was like, oh, that's a bit weird. So then went to sleep, woke up the next morning. I was like, I'll just go get a coffee and, and suss the wall out before I go to the studio. Just had a bit of a feeling. I rocked up. They had police cars blocking off either end of the laneway. Um... And there were, like, a whole group of detectives and fucking council people in there painting over it. And so I went in and, like, spoke to them. I just didn't say who I was. I was like, why are you painting over the mural? The bloke was here for ages. Painted. They're like, it's illegal. I'm like, no, it's not. He was here for three days. I'm like, have you spoken to the property owner? They're like, oh, uh, well, uh, like, they kept saying things. And then I catch them out and then they're umming and ahhing and what? they're like whatever the lead detective's coming down you can speak to him about it when he gets here so I went in and spoke to the property owner he's like this old bloke who owns the property it's an old hardware store and he's like basically cops come in last night a group of them basically stood over him forced him to write a uh, a handwritten statement that they wrote saying that I can never paint the wall again that he never gave me permission to paint the wall Fucking out, um, like this kind of stuff, and then they, <laughs> and so they painted over it. I posted them painting over it. This is the point in the story. It blew up into a whole fucking thing. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. Where it was nothing before right. that, um, and it was on you know Channel Nine, Channel Seven. Police painted over it. They said they painted over it for community because the community complained, which is fucking horseshit. Mm. Um, and then six months later, an ABC journalist got given a bunch of phone recordings from the police to the council. Demanding they paint over it for this reason that reason. I've listened to all of those recordings and it's, it's pretty fucking damning. There was a whole nother news story about that again six months later. Mm. Um, so when you paint over it, it just turns yep. into a shit story. If they didn't touch that mural, it would just be a quiet little mural down the laneway that some people would go and check out, and that would be the end of the story. Yeah, you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. So yeah, <laughs> I remember. Little- I remember there was a uh, there was a mural in uh North Fitzroy, I think, in Melbourne. And it was this very old mural of, um celebrated feminist mural. Yeah. And then this street artist called uh, this graffiti artist called Nost. Oh yeah. Painted sorry, that he did giant, big chromie uh, or roller yeah, piece over. Big roller thing. thing. And there was a huge like uh yeah. backlash. But the the piece was fucked before that. Yeah yeah yeah. No one no one knew. No one gave a fuck. It yeah. was like Harvard and graffiti. It was completely like rinsed but just the just the the exactly what you're saying paint over something yeah and then it's it's a big statement and it was actually already pretty pretty ruined it was already
1: completely just bombed well that's the thing that's like the nature as well like you paint outside it's going to get it's sort of like over the years you know i've been doing this for a while you want your pieces to last you know like it's an artifact it's going to stay there forever they have fucking stay there forever. Yeah. Now I've just given up on it. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe there's a few that I've put coatings on because mm. I know that the property owner wants them there forever mm. and just so that they kind of last for them and they're easy to fix if there's an issue. But no, nah, they all go. Even the, just the sun's going to kill them. Yeah, totally. After a while. Yeah, 10, 15
0: years, it looks pretty shitty.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they're not going to last. That's just the reality of it. Yeah, so. for sure.
0: Scott, man. That was fucking awesome, dude. I really appreciate you uh, coming on and um, tackling the hard issues, man. (laughs) Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one.
1: There's as a little bit of a disclaimer as well with the COVID stuff. I try and post like it would be great if people could go listen to a symbol of rebellion. It's on Spotify. Um, Or you just go to my Instagram and, and click on the link and listen to the stories of these injured people just so they can get perspective on kind of what's going on. Right. And hear it from the cat's mouth, yeah, so to say. And also in my highlights, I put it's C O V with a little zipper mouth Mm. emoji, like studies and things like this that are relative to the topic. I kind of put in my stories and just stash them up there so they're there in perpetuity Mm. um, if I think they're important. Um, So there's stuff resources up there, and then also the podcast and that project.
0: I also, I, I also like on the kind of COVID um, subject, you know, I, I think it is important to hear, uh, you know, a wide variety of perspectives and particularly when it's a perspective that's actually coming from direct experience. You know, yeah. the, there was a lot of people making a lot of noise beforehand and during and my my thought is like, you, you, you don't know. <laughs> yeah. You, you don't really know. I mean, on both on whatever opinion that is, um, but, you know, uh, what's gone, gone on with you directly I, yeah. I think is very much um, worth paying attention to. Um, I don't really know what I think is the right answer in, in a time of, um, you know, immense uh, chaos and, and emergency that, that was COVID, but I think maybe, um, maybe we can all just try and unplug from our our bubbles and our biases yeah, I think that's and important. um and yeah realize that maybe band-aid issue band-aid um um what's the word S- solutions <laughs> band-aid solutions might one might not actually be the, the best things or one size fits all solutions might not yeah. actually
1: well that's and, the thing with with the political stuff and with everything in life there's there's just grey area and there needs to be space to explore that grey area without being shut down for being a traitor to whatever your side is you know Mm, what I mean and mm i think in the gray area is usually where those solutions are found hmm.
0: yep yep the art of nuance bring back nuance yeah, make nuance great it. again <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: that's actually a good line i like
0: that awesome <laughs> yeah. thank you mate uh where do people find you and your art and uh you know if they want to buy a print or something
1: um my website www.scottmarsh.com.au um i've got a web store and all that kind of stuff there um and you can sign up to my mailing list for originals and all that kind of stuff um, at scotty.marsh that's scotty with an I-E um, on Instagram you got you got to type it in right because I think I've still got a bit of shadow ban action going on from the right. vaccine stuff right, right. Um, and then I'm on Facebook and that shit as well I think Twitter's the same handle
0: yep, awesome legend, thanks, thanks easy, so Marsh. much for listening everyone take care, bye